welcome to this episode of Takumi Unfiltered. I am your host, Mary Keen Dawson, Group CEO of Creators with Influencer Agency, Takumi. Join us as we sit down with the entrepreneurs and business leaders to take an unfiltered look at the issues and hot topics that marketeers, creators, and all of society must consider today. Let's go. I'm joined today by Norman Guandagno, CMO of Acoustic, where he is helping reimagine marketing technology. Norman has spent his career focusing on business transformation, marketing acceleration and brand building in both the B2B and B2C spaces. His unique perspective on the social and business landscape today offers valuable insights for professionals across industries and around the world. So welcome, Norman. Great to meet you. It is a pleasure to be here and to meet you, Mary. Thank you. So let's kick off and tell us a bit about your job at Acoustic and what Acoustic does. Sure. And one of the things I want to jump right into is the reality that a lot of people have never heard of Acoustic. Uh, that's, of course, part of my job to rectify that. But Acoustic is a marketing technology company uh, that was actually born uh, in mid-2019. It was uh, created as a carve-out of a set of uh, solutions, uh, applications, that had been part of IBM, specifically IBM Watson Marketing. And all of those were uh, bundled together, if you will, and purchased by a private equity firm in July of 2019. And, and thus Acoustic was born. So uh, what's interesting about this, of course, Mary, is that here we are in some sense, a startup. In another sense, we are a well-established business with uh, thousands of customers around the globe who have been using the products for some time and, uh, and hundreds and hundreds of employees. So we have uh, we have really sort of been challenged in many ways by uh, balancing the notion of being a, a startup and an established business simultaneously. And uh, today we're uh, we're continuing to do that. So that that's what acoustic is and uh, what we do. And I'm sure we'll we'll dig into more of that as we go through this discussion. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and I think it's really fascinating that you've had to take what is essentially an IBM business because that's no small feat. It isn't at all. I mean, the, the thing that actually, as you bring that up, it's also something I've learned over the past uh, year and a half that I've been here is transformation has become fundamental to just about every business. And we might be doing it at a uh, a more massive scale and a perhaps faster pace, uh, but every business is faced with the need for transformation in some way in today's marketplace. So I, I look on it as great learning for every one of our employees, and uh, and hopefully we can continue this transformation. But it is a it is a real challenge because taking assets from one company and then reimagining them, if you will, as a standalone business, it requires a lot of transformation. It requires thinking about people, about customers, about technology, about infrastructure, about the countries that you operate in, about business structure, 
you name it, you have to think about it. <laughs> and we have. So you must embody um, some really interesting qualities as a human being, Norman. I mean, you know, I myself have been in the industry for about 30 years and I've witnessed and experienced so much change. It's it really it's been an absolute roller coaster, but I've loved every second of it. Well, maybe a couple of times I didn't love it, but, you know, I, I learned from them. I just wondered what you you know, what you think about your background and your your journey so far that has kind of led you to this incredible role that you you're now in because i mean you've got a fascinating background in terms of your career um, i've only just met you but i can feel even via the zoom screen you've got a lot of intellect and depth do you think it's the environment that we're currently working in and and the digital transformation piece does it require certain skills and, and personality traits and psycho, you know psychological biases or what what's your view it definitely is the case that as I've progressed through my career, which probably is 20 plus years now as well, as, as time keeps on ticking, I have found that I'm, I'm drawn to more interesting and more unique challenges each time. And, and I know my own, uh, my own approach is always that I want to do things that are difficult, mm -hmm. that will have impact. And I want to make sure that wherever I'm going to apply myself and the teams that I build, uh, that we're going to see the, see the impact of our work on business, on our customers, on the marketplace, as the case may be. And I also realized uh, at some point along the way that uh, I, I'm not looking for a job to last me for my whole life. I have a job, right? What I do is I'm, uh, I'm a marketer, I'm a strategist, I'm a business person. Uh, I now spend a lot of my time thinking about transformation around growth and around rebuilding or building from the ground up marketing teams and an approach to marketing. Uh, I'm not looking for a lifetime of doing that at one company. I'm looking at being as effective as I can for five years or whatever the time is in within a company and creating something that uh, can persist behind me. And I'm also looking for uh, unique challenges because frankly, uh, I, like many people, uh, get bored doing the same thing over and again. And it, one should own that and admit it. And I'm, I've become sufficiently self-aware and perhaps sufficiently pragmatic that I know I need hard challenges and uh, interestingly now, my pathway of meeting those hard challenges and the reality of, of business in the year 2021 have sort of come together where lots of companies are facing hard challenges and they're trying to figure out, especially coming off of uh, the past year and the pandemic and all of the changes that it has uh, wrought in society, both obvious and not so obvious at this point. Uh, transformation, big challenges, rethinking how a business operates and what its role is in connecting with its customers and its partners. That's, that's the future right there. That's what yeah. we're all gonna be doing. Yeah, I think that, you know, having something that's just 
baked and then you can sell it as a box or a product it doesn't exist anymore and i don't see i'm I'm glad it doesn't personally i think it's a the world is far more interesting and you know we're getting to use our brains a lot more you know we're we're getting to design you know solutions and i think that that kind of approach where you have the mixture of curiosity you know the desire to collaborate and you know that you're not trying to just sell something that you know you know it's a box basically that you've got to fit into i think one of the great things about acoustics and i love your website by the way i think it's really awesome is the language that you're using to describe the variety of various services that you have it feels a lot more human than how technology is you know traditionally being presented was that something that you did consciously in terms of you know the tone of voice that you adopted perhaps you could talk to us a bit about the acoustic brand because it's a beautiful name and uh you know it's a very long way from the IBM <laughs> it, that that it is it, it is a long way and the question is is really a good one because it it taps into so many things so when acoustic was born uh, and and I joined the company in September of 2019 so a number of months after it was officially born and there was work done before I got there on creating the name and the brands I won't take any credit for that because there was a group of people and an agency partner that did a great job coming up with a terrific name and a, a sort of fundamental positioning. Uh, but of course, like all brands, uh, that needs to be put into practice. And if you've ever done any brand work or uh, worked in that space, you know that uh, the sort of brands are handed uh, when you know an agency or someone else does the design work and the uh, the foundational work, then you have to make something of it. And when I came in, we were in that stage where we had to make something of it. And uh, I, I did just that in trying to make sure that we were human, that we were genuine, that we were authentic, and that we realized that in the space that we operate, the MarTech space, there's a lot of companies, a lot. Can look up the Martech <laughs> landscape, see the eight thousand plus companies, yeah. and every one of those companies has something interesting and unique to offer. To stand out in that space requires a company to think deeply about who it is and how it wants to represent itself. So I and the team really leaned into finding a way to represent who we are that did not fall victim to the same cliche, here's what our product does, or the same approach and language, because technology as a business, and I've been a technology marketer pretty much most of my career, technology is filled with lots of buzzwords and claims and a certain degree of, uh, it's awesome. Uh, I could sum up technology marketing and it's awesome, uh, if you will. (laughs) And uh, it's not that what we do isn't awesome. It can be, but the reality is most of the technology in the space is pretty awesome. Technology is fundamentally only one part of the decision that a buyer has to make. A buyer has to make a decision on who does he want to or she want to partner with. Buyer has to make a decision on 
which company is going to give me that long-term growth path, that long-term value? Which company do I just like the way that they think about things better? So we, we have leaned heavily into making the brand human, genuine, authentic, and fun wherever possible. I, I believe that we're doing this. We might as well have fun along the way and provide some of that to our customers too. 100%. I mean, the, the, I completely agree with what you said. And I'm, I'm fascinated to understand a little bit more about how you're kind of bringing that internal culture to life as well as your external culture. Because as I joined Takumi just over a year ago, just before the pandemic started, and, and I've made a lot of changes in, in, in the last 12 months. And that internal culture is completely central in, in, in my view as to our success and how we express ourselves externally as much as, and I'd be really interested in understanding how you're doing that with acoustic. Yeah, you, you are 100% correct. That culture is so critical. People are so critical. And I, I said earlier that that transformation uh, through the lens of, of people, of the employees, is so important ultimately to what we're doing. And uh, at Acoustic, we have I've been working diligently across the company on this very issue because many of our employees came over from IBM as part of the initial transaction. And many employees have joined since. And we have been attempting to create a culture that was and is uniquely acoustic that respects the history of the people, some of whom, by the way, who came from IBM had been part of the companies that IBM had acquired previously yep. that became these products that are now acoustics. So there's a long history there. And we want to be respectful of that. And we also want to be able to form something that is reflective of who we are and what we're doing right now. I've been very fortunate in the time I've been there to uh, have partnered with our, our head of HR, who actually started on the same day uh, as I did, and who's uh, exceptionally experienced at uh, people issues and transformation. And we have uh, worked to really try to empower as much of the organization as possible to start to form the values that make up acoustic and doing that not just through uh, the standard, here's our values, uh, but also through the behaviors that we want people to demonstrate. Um, our, our head of HR, her, her name is Rose. Uh, Rose and I have for some time, right beginning right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we started running regular uh, Zoom calls for all of our employees and mm. making it not so much a presentation, but more a, a discussion forum. Mm. And uh, using that as a vehicle to let voices be heard. And it's not been without some challenges. It has had quite a bit of challenges and we're still in that transformation. Uh, but there is a, in fact, uh, there's a team right now working on a, on a refresh of the, of the acoustic values because over the past almost two years, the honest truth has been the strategy and how we are going to be successful has, has changed from the original plan. That's 
very common in this type of business situation. Right? The thing you start out with when you know only so much, particularly in, a, in an acquisition transaction, that you refine and you refine and you refine as you learn more. Yeah. And then you throw in a pandemic and all the other things that go on, you refine and you refine and you refine. And then you have to get the culture refining itself and getting better over time. We're heavily invested in creating a unique acoustic culture that is a reflection of the employees that we have. And uh, that that's work that, that never stops either. Mm, I think no. You can never stop that work. And I know you said you're looking at transforming culture as you enter a new business, particularly in the middle of a pandemic where you don't get to meet people face to face. That's work that never ends and it shouldn't ever end because companies are going to continue to be dynamic, changing environments and that the, ref the culture that you build is one that has to ultimately serve not just the employees, the customers, the partners, the shareholders or owners of the business, depending on structure. And, and that's a, a, that is a daily investment of time and effort, I think, for everyone. Yeah, you need, uh, I mean, I think the, what I'm really experiencing now is that, you know, I've always been fortunate in working with people who really care deeply about what they do. And it's something that's a really, really big and important priority for me that I'm surrounded with people who really want to make the world a nicer, better, safer place. You know, those things are they're not exclusive from business. I think they are they're totally integral. And we all have a job. We all do something. Mm. Most of us do anyway. And we can choose. Yep. Most of us, not everyone, but most of us certainly at yeah. You know, in the business we're in and, and as professionals, we can make choices. And I think people should not just choose something because, oh, it pays well or because it is the, the hot company of the moment, but because there's something genuinely satisfying and interesting to you as an employee that the company you choose to work for will be able to provide, whatever that may be. And that you as an employee can give back yes. to the company and your coworkers along the way. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So with that message in mind, obviously we were talking earlier about just how complex the world is and how AI has been sort of characterized as, you know, potentially very evil and so on and so forth. I don't subscribe to that. I think it's a tool. And as such, you know, it's it's a tool that empowers and it should be used for empowerment. I'd be interested in your understanding of how you see, you know, the AI and the future of our industry and f from a marketing perspective. What do you think? How's it going to evolve? It's, it, it is a big broad topic and uh, we're all uh, coming at it from different angles. Uh, I think uh, the, the notion that AI could be used for good or evil, well, that, that is true of any tool and that, that's just reality. And there are, there are tremendous efforts underway by uh, some of the biggest companies, Microsoft, Google, others, uh, to think about the ethics of AI. And I actually always recommend that if people are interested, uh, they go spend a little time on, on Microsoft or Google's 
website and dig into that topic because it's a deeply fascinating one. But that's the broad ethical societal issues. We as sort of more focused practitioners have to think about its implications for what we do. And in, in the context of marketing, uh, we believe uh, at Acoustic, and, and I believe personally that that AI, machine learning, can help take what is often a, uh, a routine, a rote, or even a tedious part of the marketing job and make it easier. And the, the fact is that technology can find patterns faster. Technology can do tests faster and find results faster than humans can. That's just the way it works. And the application of that so that you can so find the so-called needle in a haystack or take a very small sample set and be able to extrapolate from it quickly or be able to find potential fraud on a website or potential errors that a number of users are finding and pinpoint where that may be going wrong, that's super valuable. And marketers should embrace that. Marketers should embrace things like automated subject line testing in your emails, terrific opportunities to use technology. Where it starts to get blurry, of course, is when you are doing things that may be duplicitous, when you're sending fake pictures to people. Hopefully no marketer you know, is doing that in a reputable company, but it happens. When you, as we all do, you go online, you can look at the various deep fake videos that are in existence. That is another application of AI. Uh, where is the role of that in, in legitimate marketing? I, th I think that that's something where marketers have to be able to say, this is what we're doing and be transparent about it. Disclosure is critical. Um, how do you know when you're responding to an email or a, a chat window if you're talking to a human or a bot? That's another area where disclosure needs to be considered. So there's, there's a lot of uh, of uh, different channels you can go down when you start thinking about the AI problem. Uh, I think marketers need to think about it through fundamentally the lens of, can I make the things that may be difficult or may take a lot of time or energy uh, and are fairly routine or rote, can I help automate them? Can I get insights faster uh, using technology? And how do I make sure that I, as, I, as the human component, the marketer, uh, I'm both applying creativity, insights, and understanding of humans and my customers, and then ultimately ethics, doing the right thing? Yes, I think the, the uh, importance of corporate governance and ethics is just increasing. And uh, in fact, we, Takumi, set up an actual independent ethics committee mm -hmm. that review um, our cultural and our, our technological development and our work with social um, and with influencers and creators for exactly those reasons, because we often get asked for guidance around, you know, for example, you mentioned deep fakes. Well, you know, the world of the AI influencer as well, you know, the, the lines blur and, you know, morality and transparency, you know, can be the victims in all of this if we are not aware and asking ourselves difficult questions. Look, I would talk to you all day, Norman. It's been fascinating. <laughs> 
But before we sign off, I just want to ask you about your podcast series, The Reset. Maybe you can tell our listeners a bit about it and hopefully they'll log in, as I will do certainly for the next one. Yeah, thank you, Mary. And I certainly hope people do listen. Uh, I have been uh, having a series of discussions with uh, leading marketers and other professionals uh, talking about uh, this fundamental notion of what happens next, right? If we consider the year 2020 a bit of a reset and we think about the implications for us as marketers, as business people, uh, I think that the future is going to be written in a way that reconsiders notions like trust, the actions we take, the way in which we connect with others. And I use those discussions as a way to just probe on how different businesses are thinking about what do they learn in the past year and how are they applying it to the year ahead and what might they be doing differently? And I, I welcome people to, to listen, to comment. And uh, I think all of us, whether it be in business or in our personal lives, are taking stock of what did we learn during the past year and what do we do with what we learned? Well, long may that conversation be taking place, Norman. Thank you so very, very much for your time today. Thank you, Mary. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on Takumi Unfiltered. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review. And don't forget to uh, look up for Norman's podcast, Reset. And thank you very much. We're on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Takumi HQ. Have a great day. Goodbye. Break.